Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Lady 80 Show. This podcast is about books. Anything about books, from reading them, writing them, to publishing them, from the technical detail of how to get your dream book onto the shelves of your local bookshop, to talking about the first book you ever read and the pleasure of reading with children. Are you a lover of books? Then listen on. This is Lady AD, and it's a great joy for me to be talking to Joanna Colley. And Joanna is a ghostwriter. So, whoo, we have all the wooey ghost noises now. But to tell you a little bit more about her, Jo is a published author, a ghostwriter, and content creator coach. Now, doesn't that sound fabulous? She's got a strong background as a head of creative for several media groups and has spent 10 years at a university lecture in creative writing. Her focus at the moment is about business people who want to animate their writing and by showing them how to apply fictional techniques to factual narratives. As well as mentoring, coaching and speaking, Jo Ghost writes non-fiction books for those who lack the skills or time to do it themselves. I'm just going to pass to Jo because she's got a great quote on what she actually does. So Jo says... Fresh, creative campaigns are not only for big businesses with budget to burn. Every business has a story to tell, a target market to help, and money to make with the right message. So, business people out there, don't you want to make some money with the right message? Get your right message and make money, whichever works for you. But Joe's books, her own stories, short stories and features. She's also worked in radio big time and is award-winning radio works. She's published and been broadcast internationally. Now, when she's not doing all that, you'll find her in Leicestershire and she loves to ride horses, do archaeological digs, always digging up archaeologically somewhere. Don't quite know what the difference is. Perhaps we'll get onto that later. And music. She's a professional, sessional and live vocalist and it's got lots of tales about gigs who you may have heard of or not. So let's get into it. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, we, we're good. I'm looking forward to this chat to find out more about ghostwriting. Yes. So how did you get into it in the first place? 
Gosh, how did I get into it? Well, I had been writing for a long time. I started off as a features writer for magazines and for newspapers and then became a radio writer. So I was working full-time in media as a head of creative and putting radio campaigns together for clients. So I was doing a lot of client work, a lot of advertising work alongside more concept-driven work, which had nothing to do with people's advertising. And when I left full-time radio, I set up on my own, realized that actually, with the dawning of the internet age, everybody was needing to write content. And a lot of these clients who had no creative writing skills were trying to put things online or publish online that were frankly pretty dull. They didn't Mm -hmm. know how to apply creative writing techniques to business writing. So I figured, well, that's something I can do. So I started writing for people, and that's how the ghostwriting started. And before very long, I was uh, was already a published author in my own right, so I started writing books for clients as well. Yeah, mostly nonfiction, though, not fiction for clients. Okay. So what is it that business authors, apart from the creativity, which some of them kind of lack, what else is it that they need to seek professional help for? Well, it's, you do know, it's actually, I'm not so sure that it's necessarily the creativity that they actually lack. I think everyone is born with an imagination. Perhaps we grow out of using it, especially when you get older at school, we forget how to play as little Mm -hmm. kids. You know, we all know how to play. So I think everybody is inherently creative. I just think we grow out of the practice of using our creativity. So when you're an adult and you want to learn how to uh, write more creatively, there's a skill set that you actually have to learn. There's a craft to it, not just a talent. It's a set of tools that you can actually use and apply to your writing that very few people actually know, not in the business world anyway. And so that can be taught, in fact. And as long as there is a bit of talent there, the talent combined with that skill set can actually help them get a very long way in publishing their own work. The other thing that people lack is time. If you were to ask anyone who is running their business about, you know, when was the last time you blogged or how many articles have you written this year and had published on LinkedIn, they would probably cringe a little bit inside and either fib to your face or uh, tell you that actually they got their secretary or PA or somebody else to write it for them. And that is simply because businesses are so busy. Business people are busy. That's what it's about. And obviously, if you're publishing online, one of the main things that you have to do is do it consistently. There's no point in starting it unless you intend to continue. So that's talking about publishing online for business. So do you think there needs to be that increase in visibility in that area? Yes. Do you mean in terms of if you want to become an author? No, I'm thinking of hiring a ghostwriter to just to get your presence felt a little bit more. Yes. People hire ghostwriters not just to write books, but to actually take on the job of their continual publishing online. As I say, you know, when people decide to write a blog or to start releasing articles into cyberspace, they usually have a content plan that they aim to work towards. Usually it's a, it's at least a year long. And even if it's just, right, I want to do six articles for the year or three articles for the year and however many blogs to go in between those bits, it takes a commitment. You don't, as I say, you don't start it unless you're planning to really work through it and finish it because otherwise you're actually just wasting your time. And in business, that's the worst thing you can do. So yes, a lot of, a lot of ghostwriters start off, in fact, uh, with writing other people's blogs and other people's articles. So you said that. They don't know what they don't know. 
Yeah. What do yeah. you mean by that? Well, it can be a little bit of a touchy thing. I think really, I mean, because immediately what's springing to mind for me, remembering that is the number of conversations I've had, especially with owners of small businesses, SMEs, who seem to think that writing is something they don't have to budget for. They can just get on with and do themselves because, hey, anyone can write, right? You know, the fact that you were taught how to actually pick up a pen and write and joined up writing when you were five years old at school now somehow gives you good credence as a writer to be published online. And honestly, I mean, how many times have you read stuff online, lady, that has made you absolutely your, your teeth curl? You know, the, the <laughs> grammar, the punctuation, the syntax, quite apart from the structure. I mean, quite often these things, you can see that there's a message in there somewhere, but it's completely obliterated by different thoughts popping in and the structure's all wrong and the, the sentences don't make any sense. But people are very difficult to persuade in some instances. Some people know I need help with my writing, but a lot of people do not. That's what's quite difficult. And the other thing is, of course, even the people who do write quite well, they may not have had any skill set talk to them whatsoever when it comes to the creative side of the writing. When you say creative, sorry, when you say creative side of the writing, do you mean actually telling a story rather than just making it a very report yeah. like did? Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest things that I see with writing that's coming from businesses and business owners online is that they could really do so much more to lift the story, lift their narrative. You know, the, the white papers, articles and blogs that all sound very samey out there. You know, there's no real use of fictionalizing techniques that they could use. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's going to sound like, what? what? What on earth is that? But really, if you think about it, when you read stories in magazines and newspapers, there's usually a bit of dialogue that's happened. You're usually taken into the world of, a, of some character, maybe two. There's a sense of a storyline there, a beginning, a middle and an end. Things have been dramatized, lifted a little bit, not taken away from the truth, but just given a sense of storytelling that we as human beings have always responded to best. It's much easier to get a reaction from somebody to a story than it is to actually just spout a whole load of facts at them. Right, so you're not talking about being a spin doctor with the no. words? No, no. Look, I mean, there are little bits that you could probably come up with. You know, little hints of, of setting, for example. So if you were to have, we're having this discussion right now. If you were to write this podcast up, uh, the intro, you might sort of talk about perhaps the setting that you can see I'm in. You know, you would talk about the color, the fact that it's darker at the back or would have set the mood with the atmosphere. You know, and setting is, is what you, is what you use to set the atmosphere. These kind of things, these, don't, you know, they don't necessarily come naturally to somebody who hasn't been trained as a writer. And yet you can include them in things like blogs. You know, just a little opening, uh, two sentences at the beginning just to set the atmosphere of the pro piece can really help a reader get into the mood of receiving your message. Simple little things like that. And continue reading, which is Absolutely. the main thing, and not just do the two second, or oh, is it 20 second that you have, and then they're off to something else? I think it's That's, less than that, actually. I yeah. think it's about seven seconds. Right, well, seven second rule. So yeah. as a ghostwriter, how do you keep the person's writing or who you're writing for, keep their voice, their authentic, um, their authenticity so people actually do believe it's them mm. and not someone else. Okay. Well, actually, that's, that's quite a tricky one. 
I have my own way of going about it, and that's because of my uh, background in theatre. I've spent a lot of years in theatre, and so as a trained actor, I'm part of my skill set is being able to get into character. And I use that a lot as a writer, as a, as a fiction writer as well. When I come up with my character sketches, I really come up with little bits of dialogue and things and spend quite a while getting into the shoes of that person and really exercising that voice. So I feel more like that person when I'm writing than I do myself. But that's not necessarily for everyone. Not all ghostwriters can do that. Not all ghostwriters need to work that way. But I think what is a common thread for all ghostwriters and what does help is being able to spend time listening to their subject, actually speaking, physically speaking. So the option is always there, of course, to ask your subject, and especially if you're writing a book. This is a really long-form exercise. It's going to take months to do. What you can do is, of course, you can say to somebody, please send me your notes or send me emails during the week and let me know your thoughts and I'll sort of start working on them. But there's nothing that can take the place of actually having a phone call or at least a voice memo. Because in the voice, there's hidden all sorts of little character traits. You know, you can tell so much about somebody's character, what they're thinking, how they're feeling, their mood at the time, and also uh, all the ums and ahs. I'm doing plenty at the moment. <laughs> you can tell how a person's train of thought is actually working, and that is a real giveaway into their character. It adds so much. It's a bit, a bit like the body language thing, you know, how body language is actually sort of more like 87% of communication and uh, speaking itself is only about 13 or something, I don't know. It's very small anyway. You can imagine how much less of it we have if we only sort of go with somebody's written words. So it's really important to do that. All kinds of things, you know, if you had, I mean, thank goodness for video, you know, that's brilliant, isn't it? You can it is, yeah. look up on all sorts. I think the more sensorial, sensorial clues you can pick up from your subject, the better you are as a ghostwriter. Those are the things that help you to step into the character of that person and get their voice properly. When you are ghostwriting for someone, how do you make the original author? Do you still call them the author? Yes. So it, it, it sounds funny, hey? But yeah. How do you make their writing stand out? This is where you bring in um, the application of creation, creative writing skills. So it's all the fictionalizing techniques that we were talking about. First of all, as with any book, you have to structure it. If it's a business book, non-fiction books are, I find, easier to structure than uh, fiction. So once you have that structure, which takes a long time, that's, that's like the crucial bit for me. Once you have that, then you can actually start sort of figuring out, okay, which sections are dealing with what. You can break it down section by section, message by message, and then you can actually start applying the fictional things. So when you take a piece of non-fiction message, you can have a look at it and you think about who your target market is, what we're wanting to say, and how can you actually lift that? So it may actually be, okay, well, if you were in such and such a situation talking to somebody about this, let's create the dialogue. Let's put that other character into a scene. Let's create a little scene. And so you would treat it almost as if you were writing a movie or a TV script about it rather than just a straight fact piece. And for that, you need creative skills or you need a ghostwriter. Do people think, well, it's going to be so expensive having a ghostwriter? It can be. 
It really can be. It depends how long the book is, of course. The longer the book, then the longer it's going to take to write. And I think, I mean, ghostwriters, they vary in, in fees from extremely high to impossibly little. And I'm not quite sure how the lowest of the range managed to do it. But uh, it can be expensive, but that's because it's a time thing. You know, it takes a long time to, to write a book. I mean, I think generally speaking, I think I've got sort of writing 30,000 words down to about three months. I'm comfortable with that now. But that is actually, that's really going for it. Even though you think, gosh, 10,000 words a month doesn't sound very long. No, no, no. That's about seven or eight drafts of 30,000 words. So, you know, you're going over it and over it and over it again. It doesn't stop. Um, and does it become a partnership between you and the author then when you're ghostwriting for them? I mean, you say about all these different drafts, but I take it once flipped back to them for comments? Is yeah, then- well, yeah. I mean, as I say, everybody does this differently, but I should imagine it would be, I mean, most ghostwriters would work in a similar pattern to me. It's very much a collaboration. And I absolutely insist before the initial agreement is even sort of signed up, which has to be pretty watertight, by the way, that is a legal a legal thing because, of course, it goes on for months. Um, it's to obviously protect both parties. I think the Society of Authors has got a fantastic basis for a, an agreement that you can look into. Yeah, it's very, very important that the collaboration is there. If it's an if it's a fictional thing, then possibly a, a writer, a ghostwriter, could get on with it without too much help from the author. But if it's nonfiction. A ghostwriter can't suck this stuff out of their thumb, you know, it's not... <laughs> I love that expression. <laughs> it's, you know, you'd be sitting there twiddling your thumbs, it'd be lovely to just write whatever you like, but, you know, that's not really what the whole project's about. So without actually hearing from the author, or should we say the client for now, so we don't get confused with for the sake of this podcast, if, we d- if you don't hear from the client on a regular mapped out basis that's actually been agreed to up front, then you know that you're going to miss your, your end date. So that's got to be agreed in, in writing. And there has to be, in writing also, there has to be some kind of plan of action as to what happens to the deadline date if one or other person falls through on that part of the collaboration. So, for example, for me, I will, I will always say to somebody, right, we have a weekly video meeting or at least an audio phone call, but it, I prefer video because I can, as I say, I can read more signs. We have that once a week at exactly the same time so that it becomes scheduled and a habit for us over the next few months. In between those times, that's when you send me your ideas, your emails, hopefully your voice messages. I try to get my clients to give me lots of voice messages so that it helps me get the hang of their voice, how they phrase things, the way they think, their little idioms, those kind of things. Send me all of those, and I'm working through the previous week, and then I send them the next chapter. So every week, there's a piece of work that goes over. It's not like this long wait, and then I just send them over a mountain of of stuff to read through, because, of course, if I've got the voice wrong, or I've missed the gist of it, or whatever, then you've got to start from point A again and get all the way back through to Z. So you do it in little chunks all the way through, and that way you dodge any unpleasant surprises, and it's it's nicer. When you are working with a client, how do you work with people who are you're ghostwriting a subject that you have absolutely no knowledge of? 
Yes. <laughs> I wrote for a, a physiotherapist last year. And, uh, and that was, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I learned quite a lot. And it's, it's all right. You know, very often if it's a subject that a ghostwriter knows absolutely nothing about, you can actually find some stuff. There's obviously going to be a large amount of research, whatever the subject is. It's just a case of how much research is there. So the more research there is, the higher the cost is probably going to be to the client again, because it takes more time. But also, you know, the client, because it's a collaboration, he or she is bringing a subject to you that very few people have heard about or you've never heard about and he still wants to use your services, and then it's up to him to help you with some of that research as well. And it's fascinating. It's great. That's the variety of life. You learn so much. Excellent. Yes. yes. The book is done. The copyright goes to the client. Yes. Now, do you mind being a ghostwriter and not being, being accredited for your input? Not really, not if I've set my fee high enough. <laughs> Look, it's a service. I write my stuff as well. My name goes on my books and that's absolutely fine. The ghostwriting is there to pay the bills so that I can actually write my stuff. I'm fine with putting somebody else's name on on my work. And it's not entirely my work, remember. There has been collaboration and, of course, it's in his voice. I think one of the interesting things really is when I first started, I, I remember turning a subject down and I was so, so upset actually that I had to. But it was the first instance of my thinking, do I actually really want to write this? It's not so much a case of my name or my name not going on somebody else's book. It was a case of, do I actually want my talent, my skill to go into writing about a subject that I absolutely don't want anything to do with? So there was an ethical decision at that. Right. So you screen clients to know whether you're going to have a match oh, for them. It's the same as with any any other job, any other business client. You know, you have to qualify them in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, you know, it's, it's not always businesses. I mean, you know, there are individuals who want to have their books written that are nonfiction, their life memoirs or something, you know, maybe like a, a company anniversary memory book or something like that, or celebrity work. Now, I, I have never actually written any uh, celebrity work, but I do know a couple of ghostwriters who do. You know, that can be difficult as well because you're delving sometimes into people's personal lives. So you have to be very careful that there's no libel or anything like that going on. Different kettle of fish. So I stick to entrepreneurs and, and business and life memoirs. Is there a problem with authors or clients admitting to using the services of a ghostwriter? Do you know, some people actually really don't mind at all saying, uh, introducing me as their ghostwriter. But I always find that a bit strange because the whole idea of having a ghostwriter is that the ghostwriter is, is gagged. You, you can't tell anybody who, who you've written for unless they're perfectly okay with it. Sometimes, sometimes they will say it's fine to have your name on front of the cover along with mine. So you'll find some books on your shelf, for example, saying the title of the book written by Charles, whatever his name is, and Joanna Colley. And that's a sign that a ghostwriter has actually been involved. Or they'll put you in the acknowledgements page and sort of say, with, with help with, of Joanna Colley. That's another sign. Or if they don't want to let anybody know that uh, you've been involved and you actually do have a right to be mentioned somewhere in the acknowledgements or the book if you really want to, then they'll actually shove you in the acknowledgements, you know, where they thank everybody. Where do I start thanking everybody? Uh, and you'll find that you'll be thanked somewhere sort of mishmashed into the middle, sort of, you know, thanks for the editorial help of Joanna Colley or even, you know, with thanks to Joe Colley or something like that. 
to make you sound like just sort of disappear amongst the power. But you've got to be capable of handling that. You know, that was the deal in the first place. If you can't handle that, then you shouldn't be in the game, really. Also, you said about for paying the bills, this is the direction you've gone in. I'm too mercenary. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you know, there's got to be something a little bit more to it because you're spending so much of your time. So what is it that makes you leap out of bed in the morning and go, hey, I'm ghostwriting for so-and-so today? I'll tell you what it is. I love writing. I just love, I'm a weird animal. I I just love the challenge of analyzing a section of boring fact and thinking up ways of animating it and and making it just leap off the page and either turn into something screamingly funny or something just very powerful, just really emotive and able to move somebody emotionally, not just be brain fodder. Because people just switch off. You can't expect somebody to read a whole book of the same kind of boring article stuff that's online. You know, people can only absorb articles in small doses, let's face it. So a book has to be animated. And that's what I love. I'm just, I think I'm just that kind of animal. I'm creative and analytic. So, yeah, that's me. So you put the two together. Excellent. That's me. I think I've just always been that way. Yeah. So where's the best place to find you? Well, my website is joannacolley.co.uk, but I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook. So uh, Joanna Colley, just look for Joanna Colley either on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm on Twitter as well, actually. forgot about Twitter. And Colley is spelled C-O-L-L-I-E. Yes, as in Lassie. The long-haired Colley, yeah. Yes. Any final message you would like listeners to to hear? Well, I think, you know, you asked me a little earlier and we touched on it, and that is that everybody does have that creativity in them somewhere. So even if you're, you know, a CEO of a finance company and you can't think of yourself further removed from being able to do something creatively with writing, you actually can, but sometimes you just need a little nudge in the right direction you need somebody to mentor you out of that. Now, that's that's what I do. That's what I love to do. I love showing people how to re-engage with their creativity and give them some skills that can help them take their, their writing forward. So I would just say, regardless of how stuffy you think your job is and how far removed away from writing anything creative you think you are, give it a shot. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been fascinating just having a window into (laughs) ghostwriting. And we won't know what work you've done. But Well, yeah, some some of them you will. If you go on on to the website or LinkedIn, you'll find out some. Okay. Ghostwriting isn't really a great secret. It is just another way of getting important messages about your life, about (laughs) your work, about a area that you're passionate about even if it's quietly passionate you will actually put the passion in so thank you once again joe uh, your lady you're welcome thank you very much i hope you enjoyed this podcast about books each aspect of a book is such a passion for me remember if you've got a book inside you perhaps a dream to write a book then i can help you make this a reality i run an author mentoring program which takes you through every stage from the initial idea coaching you through the writing, editing and cover production and all the other elements until you are ripping open the parcel to see your published book for the first time. There's nothing quite like holding your own book in your hands.
Limited applications are open throughout the year. Contact me on lady at ladyady.com. Don't forget the E in lady, L-A-D-E-Y, because I'm not a real one. Or go to the website ladyady.com. Let's see if we've got a match and make your dream, your book, come true.